Welcome to Paintbrush and Ivories, the podcast for artists and curious creatives that connects creativity with the heart and soul. I'm Michelle Walker and I'm here today with my creative soul sister, Jennifer Ruth Russell. Hey, Jen. Hey, good to see you. Good to be with you. Wonderful that we get to connect. So today we're going to be talking about creative collaborations. And I've got this on my radar right now because I'm doing a great collaboration with my dear creative friend, Jude White. So I just want to give a hello out to Jude. We're doing an exhibition a bit later in the year. So I'm really curious because obviously I come from a visual art perspective. You've got the performing musician's perspective, and I'm really keen to hear your thoughts on some of these points, Jen. Oh, I'm so glad to share. I'm, and I'm so glad that we are in very different fields uh, with collaboration, because I think it's going to be a very interesting episode today. Awesome. So if you're listening and this might be something that you've already experienced, we obviously would love to hear your thoughts, but let's dive in. What do we mean by a creative collaboration? So I want to give us some kind of structure and what my thoughts were so we can lead us off and you can bounce off this, Jen. The definition for me is where creative content, whether it's music, artwork, a performance, a production, is co-created by a group of two or more. And the form of the relationships with those parties is a mutual one where both are contributing their work and that the control or the sort of decision about what happens when and what happens where is actually shared between those creative collaborators. That's my general idea where it's sort of coming from an exhibition or a specific perspective. What about you? What do you think of when I say creative collaborations? You know, it takes me to songwriting mostly and performing. You know, so many musicians, we join together to do what we do. There are solo artists, but when you think about it, when they go out into the world, they need support and that's some kind of a collaboration but not really with the creative end you know they need somebody to help them with the sound the lighting all the things that go with their performance but really the juice is theirs you know the creative juice has been their creation so i agree with your definition i think it's a good one and what's some of your experiences so you've mentioned being in a band, that's one of your examples of a creative collaboration. Were there others that you wanted to mention from your perspective of being a musician, singer-songwriter? Yes. My partnership with with Michael, my beloved, is very much a collaboration that has grown through the years. I mean, we've been doing this for almost 30 years together. So that in itself has been an amazing journey. I remember when I started, I was very very brittle, let's say. And now I'm just like a flowing, beautiful river. <laughs> and I'm able to to really collaborate easily now. But I have to say, it's been a process. It hasn't been just an automatic, oh, let's dive in and and write this song together. And I've, I've had a great time being a collaborator with you in this podcast. That's been a lot of fun. The way that it has worked so beautifully is, you know, we both share but I remember telling you, I need you to anchor this. And I think that clear communication when we began has been really helpful for our success. Yeah. Because um, my bandwidth was not able to, to anchor this. And you've done a beautiful job of that, the Virgo that you are. I'm so grateful. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then another type of collaboration, too, 
It has to do with music, but it mostly has to do with just being available is my partnership with Mother Mary. Mm-hmm. And we could talk about that a little bit later if you want. But, you know, as far as music goes, every time you get together with other musicians, you are collaborating. Yeah. Yeah. And I also put the podcast as a creative collaboration for my personal experience. The other one that I've done is where I've teamed up with another artist or another two artists and done joint exhibitions. That's probably the biggest area where you dream together a particular exhibition and you both do a body of your own work that comes together as part of the contribution. And in some cases, there might be some actual joint work, like work that you both did together as in co-created. So there's levels of co-creation, I think, sometimes in these collaborations. And they have different requirements and different challenges, maybe different strengths. So that was what I was thinking. I just got curious because I've always thought that it would be nice to do collaborations across the, you know, the expressive arts. And I had recently seen an article and I just want to mention it because it really piqued my curiosity and my interest. And it's a collaboration between two Australians, a fellow who's a designer, Trent Jensen, and a saddler, someone who works in leather, Johnny Naguda, and they're across the country in Australia, and they came together to develop, you know, one had the product design skills, and the other had years of being a saddler in far northern Western Australia, in remote Australia. And they came together and produced these most incredible leather chairs using the skills of both where that's real co-creation so that really interests me as well because I feel like where could my skills partner with someone else to give a whole different output so Mm -hmm. a different type not something I have personal experience of but I will include a link about that story with Trent and Johnny because I feel that what they produced was just exquisite and not what you're probably got in your mind with me having said leather chair it's just fabulous so um, if you can imagine an organic draped piece of structural carved leather you might get a sort of a bit of a feel for what they did but absolutely go and click the link and read their story because maybe it will spark an idea for you as Mm -hmm. a creative about a whole different realm that you could play in absolutely I love that story because you can tell somebody had to know of the other before yeah. they started working in, together. You know, yeah. it's just very exciting. Yeah. So why would we do a creative collaboration? Because I think it's worth talking about the purpose behind them and what's motivated me in the past. And I'd love to hear, you know, what it is for you as a musician. What's something that comes up for you when we think about why would you invest your time into a creative collaboration? I think that it always pulls you up to a higher level of performance or creativity. You know, when you're going to be working with, like, let's say somebody wants to write a song with you. First of all, you really need to know them. You need to to know their music because I have had some collaborations with other musicians that weren't successful because we didn't really know each other well enough to see if we would be a match. Of course, you always learn a lot if you're not a match. Yeah, but to me, and if you're like, let's say you're a lyricist, like we have a lot of examples of lyricists and musicians that get together because one of them is really good at writing lyrics 
and the other music. Pasek and Paul are the two songwriters that are kind of happening now. They, they did all the music for La La Land and A Christmas Story, and they're just on fire, and they really have their own job. You know, one does lyrics and one writes the music. And I know with, with music, it's important to have a vision. Like, what is this going to be about? Is it going to be a song that somebody's written and then you're adding to it? Is it going to be a song like in Nash Nashville, Tennessee? A lot of times musicians get in a room and they're just like, okay, we're just going to do a think tank. We're going to create a hit song. Uh, I've never done that. You know, I have never had that experience, but it, it, it's interesting. I know that Paul McCartney and John Lennon would just kept pushing each other forward to a higher standard. And I find that with Michael and myself too, that I really am... You know, I'm writing a song in the back of my mind. I'm thinking, what can Michael do to this that would make it yeah. even better? Yeah. You know, so it, to me, it's really the the reason I think is to really open yourself up to grow yeah. <laughs> if you want to go really basic. Yeah, oh, I totally agree. I was thinking of that proverb, which is apparently comes from Burkina Faso, which is, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I do appreciate all aspects of that proverb because it is something that requires more time and investment. You've got to put a lot more into the collaboration than if you were just going to spin off on your own sort of thinking and produce on that on that sort of line. But I do think that whole two heads or more can be better than one. And I feel that like you where I've done good collaborations, they've stretched me as an artist and it's been an absolutely joyful experience. Yeah, totally magical what's possible there. And so there is really good reasons. And I guess it comes up with, you know, what are the opportunities for that kind of collaboration? And then if you find yourself in one, what are some of the tips and things that you've learned that you always think about, Jen? Like, terms of let's take your long-standing creative collaboration with Michael. What have you learned and what sort of comes up when you were talking about writing a song and then thinking about what Michael could add, for example? Well, it's always interesting because he has more different specialties than I do. You know, he's more blues, rock and roll. I'm more jazz, classical. So it's always good to bring our different styles together. If he's stuck with a chord, like say there's a, a musical chord that he's he's hearing, but he can't quite get to it. He will come to me because I have a deeper understanding of jazz, which sometimes brings a little more complex chords in. And so it's fun to do that. I have to say though, and I hope we're going to spend some time talking about what to be aware of in collaboration. Now, um, happy to talk yeah. about that right now, because I think that's, yeah. I really want to explore. Yeah, I do. And I think, you know, this is what happens too with musicians. Well, let's get together and write a hit song. You need to decide before you start that what your arrangement is going to be, because if it is a hit song, there's going to be money involved. And then what? You know, so mm -hmm. that conversation, it needs to happen in the beginning. If the vision is we're going to write a hit song, then it's always uncomfortable and not always conducive to creativity <laughs> yep. to have that conversation in the beginning. I mean, I can't tell you how many bands have spent three months trying to figure out what their name is going to be, right? Which <laughs> <laughs> is like, I'm sure this art show that you're going to get to do, that you're doing and you're working on right now, it has a, a title. Yes. You know the vision of it. You tell yep. us the title. 
because it's so cool. Ash mud and tears. Yeah. And the purpose of it is to look at the experience of living through the bushfires and the floods of the last couple of years. Yeah. See, that is really of a high purpose and that has really focused. So I'll give you one other example that Michael and I have been working on this last year. I decided to do a song a month for my sanctuary and it's all on the chakras. It's all for working on our chakras really opening up. So it was beautiful because I would get an idea and because we didn't have the usual luxury of time, it had to get done and it caused even more brilliance to come out in our collaboration. Mm. But in that, I was the leader. I was the leader and I do think there's important to know what your strengths are. Because if you start butting heads, because I know more than you know, you know, if somebody shows up in a collaboration as a know-it-all, <laughs> it's not going to work. It's going to be hard. <laughs> yes. It, yes. It's going to be really hard. And if you're not open to the experience and to other ideas, it's going to be really hard. I think the most important thing is to really open up a space of safety and just keep telling your ego to get in the back seat because mm -hmm. you don't really need your ego at at all. I mean, of course, your ego does bring forth some things that are helpful, but very, very often for me, it was that I felt threatened or something in the beginning of doing collaborations. For some reason, something in my creative psyche was like, oh, 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 you know, I was insecure. Yeah. And then as I started getting more secure about what I was doing, I was able to open up and let the experience happen instead of trying to push it. And that has been a really big, beautiful help. Mm. So yeah. you've touched on some really interesting things that I want to kind of highlight because you've talked about each of us knowing our strengths and what we're good at and what we contribute into the collaboration. So I think one of the important things out the front is discussing the arrangements, as you said. You know, what is that when you're doing something that might be a collective pool of income? What is it that you want to get out of the joint effort? Talk about that with your partner or partners. Like what's your vision for it? And what is it that you not only want to get out of it, but what do you bring? What's the strengths that you bring or the joy in your heart that you would like to be expressing within the collaboration? And how does it serve you? So that conversation and when all of that gets shared in the middle, because not everyone thinks deeply about some of those things, and having that conversation gives a bit of structure for each of the collaborators to think about it and to voice their truth. And then I think that sort of initial conversation is so important, so important, you know, kind of can't say that enough and take care of that early business and set up how you want to sort of work together. And as you said, is there someone who takes the lead overall or is there someone who takes the lead for certain components because of their mm -hmm. strengths? And you can come to some arrangements and agreement about what that looks like. So that's a real win because for me, knowing who's got the lead on this bit, like for me, who's dealing with the venue about the exhibition space and the setup, the install time, when things have to be delivered to the exhibition space, when obviously if they're going to do promotions, they need material and that needs a certain date. So I think some of that is really good. And the other thing that you said that I just want to give a double thumbs up to, and it's been said to me recently by an art mentor, is make your ego small. <laughs> and I think that you said put the ego in the back seat, 
I think it's really good. Every time we come to a conversation, I just allow that to be the case. So I focus on my love of the other person, you know, my admiration, my respect for them as an artist. And that allows the ego to be small because I totally know we've got this. And that's the other thing that I think is really important is that comes with experience. It comes with confidence is I know any collaboration I'm going to go into, I will be able to help it come through. And I trust that that's going to be the case with the other person as well. I love that. Thank you. That was so clear. You know, I have to add something to what we were just teasing out there. There are moments when you have to give way, right? Mm. Give way to somebody else's idea. And there are moments when you have to stand really strong. If there's mm -hmm. something that you really believe in and you can't compromise it, if you are letting somebody else kind of mow you over, that's going to become a little seed of resentment that is not going to be conducive to keep the flower blooming, so to speak, Absolutely. right? So if there's something that Michael wants to do, and I'm just really, I have learned now to just say, I can't do that. Nope. I'm not doing no, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no. And that clear no is really a gift. Mm. If I can say a clear no, I call it the sacred no, because then somebody else can adjust to it. And he just says, oh, well, okay, let's move on. It's not like a big deal if I'm clear. Yeah. If I'm vague, if I'm wafting between, oh, yep. maybe, maybe yeah. but I really think this. But if it's clear in my own mind that I can't live with that and I say that, it is truly a gift for both of us. Mm, that's beautiful. And I believe in that, that comes from good communication. For me, one of the core things about collaboration is really big, clear conversation at the beginning. And that, that communication is continuous throughout the project. And we have to be ready to be able to disagree. We have to be ready to be able to be in conflict. Uh, I use that word lightly because I don't see that as being a person-to-person -person conflict, but more an ideas-to-ideas -ideas conflict. So how do we resolve that? How do we think about talking that through? Because from my perspective, and this comes back to my workshop facilitation days, if I'm facilitating a workshop and there's two very strong, almost opposing perspectives in the room, I often suggest to people that it's usually the third that is the way. Mm -hmm. And so if you can find the, the combination or if someone can come up with a third, it can be the way forward. So being able to be comfortable in uncomfortable conversations if they need to happen. And I feel that they're less likely if the setup's really good. And the other thing that I wanted to mention that I often cover in that setup conversation or conversations is being really honest and truthful with my partners about where might I come unstuck? What kinds of things could stress me or what do I not want? Not only what do I want from the others, but maybe what I don't want. And so some people get very stressed about deadlines. I don't. What stresses me is not knowing is where I kind mm -hmm. of feel that things are being decided or there's stuff going on and I'm not in the circle. That causes me to waste energy, put it that way, rather than stress. What about you? You know, I think that old um, tried and true don't assume anything mm. would be good to put in here because I feel that it's important to over-communicate. I mean, I have to tell myself that because sometimes we understand what we want so much we might say it in three brief words and think they're going to catch it. 
I would say over-communicate. I know we have collaborations in my academy all the time. We do Equinox ceremonies together. And if everybody knows what is theirs to do, and we've talked it through, maybe not once, maybe not twice, but maybe three times, it lets everybody sit in their pocket of what's theirs to do. And also, I have to say again, if somebody is the leader, it helps everybody be a little more comfortable than just like, we're all out here, four people marching in a straight line, you know, and nobody can really see each other. What are we doing? Or maybe we could even call it if somebody is a host of the vision. <laughs> and I love that word because leader can be a bit laden kind of in terms of being the boss, but the host has got a much more generous and warm, welcoming feel to it. And I, I do think what we're talking about at its very core is power sharing. And when we're in a collaboration, we can agree about who's got the lead in certain components. And then that is an agreement. Therefore, the power has been shared. It's not someone making unilateral decisions on behalf of the whole group without talking to them. And that's mm -hmm. where my experience, I had a collaborative exhibition that I did 15 years ago now. It was my first big one, really, as a visual artist. And there were some things about that collaboration that did not work. And the capacity for me to stand my ground was actually really challenged. And one of the messages that I got and that I learned is that the closer a friend you are to the other, the more you need to talk about it and the more you need to write it down. So <laughs> assuming, and goes back to what you were saying, assuming that, you know, as friends that you would understand each other or that you'd give each other a break or that you'd uh, give each other the benefit of the doubt or whatever that might be, that can fall apart. And if there's a deep friendship in the mix, that can be at risk. And in my case, that did end. So, mm. and it wasn't because of the creative collaboration only, but that was a piece of the picture that was happening. But for me, it made me be really clear about the kinds of things I need in a creative collaborator. Mm -hmm. What would I step in and say yes to? And I'm a little wiser these days because of that. And part yes. of it is the willingness to talk through all the details and be really, really clear about the vision. And in that case where I didn't feel that it was a particularly successful collaboration, I still got stretched. I still did a body of work. I still exhibited for the first time. So there were still lots of positives, but there actually wasn't a clear conversation about power sharing. There was a lot of components in it, but I got a little bit under perhaps my strength space. You know, I kind of didn't stand in my, my ground. And when I tried to, it was sort of too late. Oh, wow. Mm. Well, you know, I have to say that just reminds me of how many failed collaborations I've had as well. <laughs> it takes a lot of courage to step into the arena with someone else. I just want to, you know, if anybody's thinking about collaborating, try it because to me it gives you an opportunity to grow a lot as an individual and with your communication skills and also with just your your feeling of who you are and the value that you carry yeah. it really has a lot it's been a lot of growth for me and all those that did not work very well just like michelle just like you just said i'm so grateful for them because they helped me form even better skills for coming back again and i just want to say <laughs> Don't take your first experience as the experience, no. you know, <laughs> just give it a try. 
think of it as a lab, you know, think mm-hmm. of you're going to experiment in the lab mm-hmm. and have fun mm-hmm. with it, you know, and be sexy, which is what I call making mistakes because it's, it's really valuable <laughs> and it's, it's fun. Totally, totally. <laughs> and I think, yes, I love the concept of the lab because then we go in and we tinker and we, we see what works and we see, oh, that didn't work. Small explosion, eyebrows burnt off. Um, won't do that again. <laughs> That's how I felt. You know, that I felt like I came away with a bit of a sooty face and my eyebrows burnt. Um, <laughs> but it did make me really know the importance of that setup. But also, if you've got a group or a partnership that is able to hold the same vision and then is really courageous enough to talk about things when things have changed, not even within the collaboration. So Jude and I had the experience where we put in a proposal, we had accepted, and that was under the title of Fire Scar. And the proposal was all around the experience of living through the bushfires in that black summer bushfire season that Australia had, which lasted for months and months. And in the interim between when we had the proposal accepted, and we're still to do the artwork and exhibit in beginning of May this year, February last year, we had the horrendous floods. And my brain as an artist, I found it really difficult to focus on fire. I needed to incorporate somehow the experience of another natural disaster in my hometown. What did that involve? So Jude and I got back together and went, what do you think? Do you still feel motivated by this topic? It was like, no, I can't even think about fire. I'm just totally in the mud, you know? And so we had that conversation. Okay, what's our next step? We need to go to the gallery. Let's talk to the gallery. And they said, absolutely happy. Come on down. We'll have a conversation. And so Jude and I went and met and had our renewed proposal done verbally. And they were totally happy with us changing. You know, so that was external circumstances where we need to come back and reconfigure our vision together. But mm-hmm. now that we've got the vision, it's actually still really strong. And even to the point where I felt some of my themes coming through were about the bushfires, the floods and the pandemic in between. Judas sort of said to me, no, I'm not that keen on the pandemic. I'm really about the fires and the floods. And I was like, OK, I don't need to really focus on the pandemic per se. I'm happy to just really match her with that focus. And so we just got together yesterday. I'm talking about this is very topical. And we looked at some of our early work and just looked at how the collaborations were working as a material sense. So not just conceptually, but now the work is starting to come through. How does it look alongside each other? And we got very excited about how they talk to each other in terms of the palette we're using and also our love of texture in our artwork is coming through. So that's been super exciting as a process experience of this creative collaboration. I love it. That's inspiring. Thank you for sharing that with us. It's like a live movement forward together. Yeah. It's beautiful example of a healthy collaboration. Yeah. Yes, I do feel I'm in a winner. You know, and I have been in a number of winners in the past. So I feel very excited by by future possibilities of collaborations. And looking at that story that I mentioned before about that unusual collaboration between Trent and Johnny, you know, I, I'm kind of excited by reading that story so that maybe I'll, I'll go a bit further afield with my collaborations in the future. And I would love to tell people about the beautiful chorus. If you don't know about the beautiful chorus yet, it's a group of women that decided they wanted to 
offer songs of hope to bring about more peace, joy, and ease into our days. And it just started out with one woman wanting to do that, and she just started collecting these other women that wanted to do that. An all-female ensemble, and they just do vocals. They don't do any instrumentals. They're out of Florida. And they say, even now, after doing this for, I think they've been doing it at least five years, this collective experience is new for us all. Mm. <laughs> I love that. They're, yeah. they're keeping the newness there. Sounds delicious. There'll be a link in the show notes. Thank you so much. Jenna, was there any other thoughts that you had as we wrap up our conversation about creative collaborations and what makes them work? I would say if you're just starting to think about collaboration, make sure you step out of your comfort zone before you begin and yeah. just get on your experimental pants. You're, you know, as, as you would say, your apron, right, Michelle? Yeah. I would say just loosen up and allow yourself to experiment with it. And I know from my own experience how much it, it really enriches your life and grows you as an artist. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that whole idea that I use almost as a, a musical metaphor, which is I riff off my art buddy when I'm doing a collaboration. <laughs> that's right. And that's exactly what you do, backwards and forwards. So the communication is key. And a lot of it up front, as much as you can up front, is really going to stand you in good stead. And then revisit constantly. And then again, you can always step in and play the blues yeah. with someone that you haven't <laughs> met before and just let it rip. <laughs> well, that, that actually was a story for Jude and I. A mutual friend said, I think you two need to get together and put a proposal. And we did. We put the proposal together without having ever met by face. We had an hour conversation and we trusted this mutual friend that she knew both of us and knew our artwork really well. That was like a blind date and I quite love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Good things can happen. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for your wisdom mm. and insight into creative collaborations. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for your time. I think collaborations are time well spent. That's been my experience and definitely. Yes. And I, I just have to say in closing, thank you, Michelle, for this collaboration. It has been a pure joy. Yes. Okay. Thanks everyone. Have a great week. Till next time. Bye for now. Bye. <laughs>